first, welcome to the business of, business of Health. It's great to have you on the show. Um, so I guess we're going to kick off by just um, talking about Bidex, the company. Tell me more about it. A company, 15 years old, 16 years this year in October. Um, it has uh, been a very focused uh, entrepreneurial pathway uh, where the seven uh, frames of achieving um, a product from a startup, early research and development into commercial phase uh, takes that long. So Bidex started from uh, the disappointment of old biocides that we had brought over uh, from the 19, late 1900s and I suppose mid 1900s. Uh, the biocides were all technologies from the 1930s, 40s and 50s where the planet had a big explosion in innovation uh, post Second World War. Uh, but those technologies were very good back then as biocides and disinfectants. Of course, by uh, the 1990s, we were quite concerned with um, the effects that these chemicals were having on our environment, especially the biocides and the disinfectants. And of course, maybe we can be forgiven uh, for the first couple of years where we weren't quite sure what detergents would do long-term to the environment. Um, and I say long-term because I'm relating it to a human being's lifespan of 90, years, because for the planet, this is instant reaction. 40, 50 years, the planet, uh, it's like you cutting yourself immediately. So we found that disillusion um, in the early millennium that the technologies were not performing as claimed uh, and were falling short. So biotechnology was a pretty um, modern term and technologies that were going to form a new industry. And at that stage, we thought we'd pursue it. A bit strange to us, biotechnology, uh, after all the millennium, uh, brought about uh, the subjects of uh, various sciences being integrated like electronics and mechanics. Uh, in biotech, we have uh, chemistry and biology. So the integration of uh, subjects which we in the past termed as independent pillars and guys wouldn't talk and you can't mix biology and chemistry. So of course, the new millennium has told us that that's all a bunch of um, uh, preconceived ideas and that we should actually uh, be looking across uh, the spectrums of information in the sciences. And that's what Biodex did um, in exploring the possibilities of what would a modern biocide look like. And in 2005, uh, we already had the EPA's 12 principles of green chemistry. We already had the European uh, Green Papers launched in, 2000 and, uh, in 1997, which said, um, these are what modern biocides need to comply to. So with that background, um, prior art on clear direction, what a, a modern biocide should look like, we went ahead and uh, launched Biodex with a concept paper. And of course, we've got, we went through the early uh, stage research. We've had great support from uh, the various South African institutions through the years, uh, especially in the sciences. But that is what brought Biodex about um, uh, in 2005. And now it is 2021. Uh, we have got the product. That's how long it takes to get one of these biocides research developed, uh, tested. And of course, you need to comply to, to the regulatory framework, which is critical for uh, a product going to the market uh, safe and sound and uh, being able to um, 
back up the claims that are made for the product. So that is the, the, the history of, of Biodex. Yeah. Essentially, you're in the disinfectant technology, um, you're providing disinfectant products, um, and I understand across a broad range of use. So it's not just uh, household use, as we know, um, these can be used in, in various um, technical, commercial environments as well. And I think you named, and you spoke about some important things there, because we know this, there's this whole sea change taking place globally to more um, natural or should I say less toxic uh, means of delivering disinfectants to, to people and planet. I think those are really the two things so that there is a sustainability in what we do. And you've now really made history in South Africa because you're the first biotech, South African biotech to achieve an EU biocidal registration. Now, what does that mean? I mean, it all sounds very scientific and fancy, but in practical terms, what does this mean for Bidex? It is fancy because it takes so long and it's so expensive. And I suppose whatever you pay for should be fancy. Uh, that's about as fancy as it gets. The rest of it is really procedural and process. Um, the international chemicals regulatory framework, especially in biocides, are very stringent. And as you can imagine, depending on the status of your country's scientific uh, adherence and compliance to the international standards, and depending on your country's ability uh, to perform the research and interpret the data accurately and come up with a product, that is directly related to the challenge and the difficulty of registering a biocide. Now, registering a biocide in uh, South Africa has its own complexities because we have the South African Bureau of Standards uh, who has, doesn't have to, but it's the, the choice, the, the preferred choice to go and have your product tested according to compliance. Second, you have to go to the uh, NRCS, which is a compulsory standard for, for disinfectants, and you must register. It's not left for your uh, choice because these products can kill life. Biocides are meant to kill, uh, however, in controlled environments and uh, conditions. That in itself in South Africa is maybe a four to five year process um, and maybe cost you in the region of 200,000 Rand, maybe a quarter of a million. In Europe, uh, because the competencies in the sciences are so much higher, they demand so much more. So all the test work has to be redone uh, in Europe. And of course, we are talking uh, tests that are significant uh, to microbial life. And of course, uh, life in general. How toxic is it? How much do you need to kill something? If it's too much, will it kill a human? So these questions have to be clearly answered. And the European regulator, especially uh, the Dutch, the CTGB, is the most stringent. They are the best ranked. And the idea to go to the Netherlands was to get the best dossier approved first. Because in Europe, there is a hierarchy in the regulator and the registrar. So if you do start at the highest tier, which is the CTGB in this case in the Netherlands, um, that dossier is then acceptable to the rest of the European countries for registration. The countries that are registered in the Biocides Product Directive in the transition law are very big established, 140 old companies. They're German, they're Swiss, um, they are in Europe, they are in the US, but they are all very well established 
uh, very big company. So we are very proud to have a South African biocide uh, registered in the same category. And um, our, the neighbors um, on the list, both up and down in names of uh, biocide companies, massive. So it is a very big achievement, uh, not only for Biodex, but uh, for the scientists that work on this, uh, yeah. the Council for Science and Industrial Research, and the whole scientific team in South Africa. Maybe we can just talk a little bit about how you're going to apply this, um, this, this what it means for Biodex now in the practical application of things. So where would we see this now coming to fruition, Bert? And, and how would it, you know, in, in product services rendered? And, and I guess, especially now we're living in this, this pandemic. Um, I mean, I think everyone's much more aware of bacteria, disinfectants at, at every level. So I know that you're speaking at a very scientific level, but I always try and bring it back down to how does it impact me? Giselle, we have indeed uh, been thrown a challenge with the pandemic and uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, which keeps uh, mutating and upgrading and moving on. And Biodex was not at that time uh, looking for a viral killing agent. Uh, we were chasing bacterial killing agents because our challenges over the last uh, 50 years uh, have been bacterial. Uh, we had listeriosis in South Africa just a little while back that killed two to 300 people. So Biodex and most uh, biotechnology companies that are in the industrial biotech space and industrial biotech offers uh, active ingredients uh, that can be formulated downstream to make the products that do reach the market. So um, Biodex does not make a finished product that you as a consumer would have in your house to disinfect the atmosphere or to disinfect the surface or any other uh, uh, space that needs controlling against uh, SARS-CoV-2 right now. Now, the bacterial challenges have been mitigated and met quite uh, simply by our technology. However, uh, biotech is malleable. And the, because we are blending uh, technologies, um, it's like a robot. It is blending uh, electronics and mechanics. Um, in biotech, we are blending small molecules, chemistry molecules with big natural molecules. Um, to give you performance. So those active ingredients will reach the market through uh, manufacturers. So we have soap manufacturers who have changed the old active ingredient they were using to our active ingredient because of the SARS-CoV-2 claim. Uh, so now you can buy soap at Pick and Pay on a shelf, um, which is active in SARS-CoV-2. Other companies, mainly formulators, have gone and developed, they have removed the active ingredient that was in the formula, which was an old technology, and they've replaced the active ingredient with a, a new biotech product. And it ha has performed exceptionally well. It is safer, um, and it is active against SARS-CoV-2. So where do you, the client, and me, the user, I suppose, get the benefit, is to look on the shelf for products that contain uh, the active ingredient, be bioactive, and I don't know um, that there are other products out there at the moment that have um, successfully managed to get tested effective against SARS-CoV-2. So that's how the consumer will find our products. You'll find them in aerosols to disinfect atmosphere. You'll find them in surface sanitizers. Uh, you'll find them in hand sanitizers. 
and a variety of disinfectants, especially now against SARS-CoV-2. But Biodex itself does not manufacture any of these finished products. You're the supplier to the, the brands that do. So just on that uh, point, I mean, and, and it's obviously a fast evolving, I mean, you know, you've been in the business for 16 years now, but this is a very fast evolving um, situation that has happened that I'm sure has has created a lot, uh, sadly, or, or happily, it depends which side you're on, um, a lot of opportunity for companies, you know, to, to, to relook what they are putting in products. But there is an impact, Burton. I think that there, I mean, I would talk about two impacts. So one is that, Obviously, whatever we're putting into product may have an impact on our environment. I think that's that's a given. So I'd love to talk to you about that and the role of Biodex in that. And then the second thing would be, um, yes, wonderful. You know, we're all terrified of well, a lot of people. Um, I don't want to minimize this. I think a lot of people are fearful um, of the impact of COVID and, and absolutely understandably so. So, you know, we're all being disinfected everywhere we go. We go to a store. We disinfected. We, we, you can't just move anywhere without being disinfected in this country. What is the impact of people in the long run of constant um, disinfection products on their skins and that? I, I wonder perhaps if you have a view on that, even though you don't carry the brands per se, um, you have a chem, you know, chemistry, you, know, you work in chemistry. And I'd just be, uh, I'd be interested to hear from a longevity perspective, what your view is of those two scenarios. Giselle, there are two impacts uh, that chemical products have. Um, the first one, of course, is the, the human impact. And sensitization is a real issue. Um, the overuse of any chemical compound on the skin uh, will create sensitization over a period of time. A lot of the products that you are putting on your hands, uh, especially the hand sanitizers, are usually tested for a 10 times use per day. And the manufacturer of the component, so whether it's an alcohol-based hand sanitizer or whether it's a hand sanitizer that is water-based that maybe contains an active ingredient that is much lower in percentage. However, the brand will or the manufacturer will test this product for you to use at a maximum of 10 times a day. And those are the safety claims that you are provided with as a consumer. But let's face it, Giselle, 10 times a day is just for breakfast. Uh, by the time the person gets to lunchtime, you've sanitized your hands 15 to 20 times. So I believe the danger is that we are overdosing the product. Um, I don't think that people should go beyond the 10 times use per day the manufacturer uh, is suggesting. Uh, it is dangerous you are running the risk of sensitizing your body to the chemical compound, which means you'll never be able to use it again. Number two, uh, you are removing the efficacy of the product in terms of combating the virus because all viruses and all bacterias have a very fast growing mechanism and they will evolve quite quick to defend themselves against those chemical compounds. And that creates resistance. So those are the two dangers that we as humans are facing right now with the use of uh, disinfectants and sanitizers. So do follow the manufacturer's guidelines. Um, it is a biocide. It is a, a chemical compound meant to kill living organisms. Uh, and the manufacturer has taken a lot of care to give you the correct amounts that you can use to keep yourself safe. 
So that's from a, a, a direct use point of view in the current times where um, sanitization is critical for us to keep our spaces safe. Um, the impact on the environment is um, one that we have to keep tracking. I don't think we need to, to get to the bottom of this anymore, Giselle. Uh, after all, getting to the bottom of things seems to be uh, uh, there is no bottom. And you'll end up devoting a lot of resource and a lot of time to getting to uh, understand what is going on with the climate impact when I don't believe we need to do that anymore. Uh, climate change is upon us. Um, the reasons we can carry on debating on talk shows forever, it is not relevant. The relevance is people are scared. Um, that fear does drive uh, tomorrow. And right now, the environmental aspect is the real one. Um, we as society should be focusing a lot on how do we deal with the impact that we have had or not. Uh, it's a debate that can carry on, but the impact is. And because the impact is, our climate change is unfolding. And we as chemical manufacturers, uh, especially in the biocide industry that make uh, life-killing chemicals, must be very careful um, that we do not apply one milligram more of this product than we have to, to achieve a safe environment. And number two, um, we are to be very careful that the compounds we do put into the water systems or to the environment do biodegrade and do not have an impact. That is what we do know, Giselle. Um, getting to the bottom of it and dealing with the fear is not really relevant no more. Uh, the patterns of climate are clear indicators that we have to now focus. And 50 years will be over in a blink of an eye. We now have to focus. What, where are uh, uh, the solutions to living with a new climate that will unfold. And as biocide and chemical manufacturers, we really have to take the lead because we can debate forever what we did over the past 60, 70 years, but it is irrelevant to what we do uh, going forward, considering the weather patterns are not the same anymore. And it doesn't um, help us uh, to address the issue to attempt to get to the bottom of it. There is no bottom. There is data that we have. Uh, we have to plot this data down effectively and um, stop uh, the production of those chemicals. We can't address it globally, but personally, Biodex has addressed it. So the tonnage of material we put out the door of Be Bioactive, we know we've taken care of Albert as best we can. It's been wonderful chatting to you. It's very um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that a lot of people don't give any consideration to when you buy a product. You often don't consider what is in that product. But I think just the short to, to time we've had talking about it's really fascinating. And thanks so much for the helpful insights and congratulations. And we really hope that this is going to um, prove highly fruitful in the years to come. And we'll see some products being, uh, materials being exported around the world, not just in South Africa. Mm -hmm.